What is going on? The clones are five and one in the Big 12, and we're feeling good here on a Sunday night. You're probably listening on a Monday morning because my daughter was a psychopath when I tried to put her to bed tonight, and it's super late as we record. My name is Chris Williams. I'm joined as always by Brent Bloom. Before we dig into tonight's podcast, I want to jump in and thank our friends for Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation for being the title sponsor of the Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast. I want to um, really, I, I, can't, I can't say this enough about Mechdyne and uh, the culture in the company you know a couple weeks ago i referred to uh, my main man chris clover is like he's basically like the matt campbell of, of of the business world right you know he's just you know he's created this uh this monster of a corporation but they're you know it's a culture-driven uh leadership you know what i mean it's it's a lot like the cyclones at halftime you're down down by 11 to baylor don't panic nope I mean, you trust the leadership. Here's what you should strive to be if you are a college student listening to this and you want to get into the tech world, maybe an engineering deal. You should strive to be Clover's Brock Purdy. Throw three picks. Clover's not going to bench you. No. Clover's going to say, I trust you. Uh, you got this. And you're going to come out and you're going to throw three touchdown passes and lead Mechdyne to a 5-1 and one record in the Big 12. I mean, I mean it. Uh, all, all joking. Bloom, neither one of us would be where we are at in our lives, not just careers, but lives, without great mentors and uh, getting 100%. to know people when we were younger. Yep. John Walters was your guy. Keith Murphy showed me the ropes. And um, this is a great opportunity. Uh, their 24-hour their um, support IT services, and this is a good opportunity for young people to get involved. So I would encourage you to go to mechdyne.com and uh, get your foot in the door today. Clones, 38-31 winners over Baylor. And uh, Bloom, you were on the call last night. That So we, we found out about Walters on Friday, and uh, you got the call from the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. It was a well done. You did whirlwind. You, you Thank did you. Well. It was fun. You did it very was, well. It was, it was a qua- crazy thirty-six hours, but uh, while you were calling the game, I was babysitting your kids. I know. So thank you for doing that. Uh, that that took a. I'm just kidding. No, you. But you did. They, my <laughs> kids were here. That is that is a fact. It was so much fun. I we it was it was really neat. Like, uh, I was we had the pregame show on out in the driveway, and I was. I was smoking some ribs for everybody and we were listening to you and just watching all the kids wrestle each other. It, we, it was a, it was a neat deal to hear you. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish cool. it was under different circumstances, but sure. I, I was proud of you. I thought you did really well. well I, I appreciate it. it was, it, you've had a chance to work with Eric, um, in a couple of basketball games and that yeah. was my first real chance to do a broadcast with Eric. And I think oh, that yeah. was the highlight of all of it. It's uh, just, he's, absolutely. he is just the man. Like he's, we've had him, uh, on the summer series this summer and he's just, it's just a thrill to work with that guy, and so to be able to do a football game. And you know, the the good news throughout all this is John is still feeling well. Yeah, so he's an asymptomatic case. Pretty much, yeah. It seems like it. So he tested positive. You know, this is the beauty. I mean, we this whole podcast started because of COVID, and we talked about well, you need to get more testing. Well, this is why testing can be effective. Is John had a routine test because he interacts with Matt Campbell in the post game show uh, in the locker room. Well. Luckily. Could have saved Iowa State. Right. Yeah. I mean, think of it that way. So he goes in Friday morning. He feels great. 
he tests positive and um, then had to just kind of shift gears from there because he tapes that Campbell TV show in the locker room. And again, you don't know if, if that would have been something they try and distance when they do that thing anyway. But John felt great, still feels great from what I understand. And um, it's, and it's just uh, the COVID world. Yeah, uh, it it certainly is. Well, you did a really good job. Uh, we were all proud of you. And uh, so what what's going through your mind when Purdy throws the third pick? Oh, no. That was basically what it was. I, I mean. The pick six, and you're going, I told oh, your wife. Your gosh. wife was sitting next to me. And I said, you know, if they lose, the first thing I'm doing is tweeting at Brent. This is on you. <laughs> So, I swear to uh, Campbell threw you under the bus. Yeah, did you hear that? Yeah, that was it. Was awesome. (laughs) Campbell said something like, "Well, he he goes, if we would have lost that game, I'm 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 calling Brent Bloom." It was awesome. That was cool. I mean, Matt was Matt was in a good mood after. Matt was very jovial. Yeah, after that win, a total 180 from last. He was pissed after beating Kansas by 30. I thought your your column uh, nailed it. Where I think this was a game that. They are, obviously you don't want to turn the ball over no. what they did, but they are so ecstatic they won this game because you have to win games like this if you want to be a championship team. You can't play great football all the time. And Iowa State was awful, was completely even on defense. Oh, it was just like, do- dog. Yeah, it was bad. Poo. Yeah, it was for a half, and yet they still found it. And then and then Eisworth drops that punt. At that uh, point, I'm going. This is it. Like here goes the Big Twelve. The whole thing's going up in smoke. And I have to be here to watch this. Yeah, it's and you're gonna be my guy. fault. This is bad. I wanted to crawl under the table, but you know the credit, wor- credit Purdy for you know rallying him back. It, I mean, give give him credit, and then that defense allows what four yards in the next four drives. So they, they were awesome. The you know I I, I kind of highlighted this too in my column as we kind of transition into the game. Man, when your rush defense is as good as Iowa State's was, and the I was explaining this to a friend last night who kind of starting to learn like the schematics of football and stuff. And it's just with, with what Haycock does and how I, if you can make a team one dimensional, it's lights out. And Baylor was really one dimensional for, you know, would you get a two score lead, but you can't run, you know, they were at, I would, I'd love to see what their yards per carry were in the second and third quarters. It yeah. had to be less than two. Yeah, they were going because they were at like two point six in the game, and they they got so one dimensional, and that's when you know Haycock just I loved it. Like on that fourth and six, I mean they sold out, and Lawrence White trips, but man, like to see that was an aggressive play call. Oh my god! Like he, they're I, trying, they're going for the kill. They were. Yeah. I loved it yeah. because if they if if they if they convert there, Iowa State wins by 21, 24 points. Yep. You know, and it that was just one of those plays that you, you give that Brewer happens. credit. Yeah. Brewer's probably the only quarterback in the Big 12 other than Purdy who would make that play because he'll take the hit. True. You know, he's yeah. not going to jump out of the pocket. He'll take the hit. He and, played very well last night, too. Oh, I thought he Him and Brock remind me a lot of each other mm-hmm. just in that moxie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brock's better, but just... Keep getting up. Yeah, I just... I really like Brewer. I, I have a... I have a great appreciation for that young man. It was uh, just great resiliency again, and, you, and you're right. I mean, at that point, Iowa State's up 14, fourth and six at, what, the 40-yard line. They get a stop there. We were about it's, to cover. It's it's going the other way. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Yeah, no, no question. So you know that they would have scored I, a touchdown I, in that spot. I, I mean, that thing was a roller coaster. Where I then I give Baylor a lot of credit for having that play, and then the, that drive they put together late was pretty impressive, knowing they couldn't run the ball. Although I, that that catch down the sideline um, did not appear to be a catch to me, but it was Man, a strange one. It's interesting you say that because you know we were watching it here, and it looked like a catch to me live. Right, uh, I thought. I what thought did uh, what did Blandino say? He so he, I actually give him credit. I like you know me. I like it when guys will just be honest. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he said if he had to lean, he would lean that it was a catch, hmm. but he wasn't. He didn't think it was enough to overturn it. Was was the thing? Gotcha. I mean, the ball did bobble just a little bit, but I, it never hit the ground. But it was all about where. The head it, came his down. His head was, I thought the ball was loose. But to be brutally honest with you, I'm not sure it turns out the way it does without pinning them in the red zone because they, when you shorten the field like that, it right. just changes your spacing. And I think that actually benefited Iowa State on that micros That's, interception. Yeah, good point. And I'm glad he made it because I think they're going for two for the win. I for do sure. too. There's no well, doubt. The way Aranda had that, he had that look in his eye. Yep. It would do them no good to go into overtime on the road like that. But end of the night, Iowa State found a way to do it. It was stressful. It had the stat today. It's the first time since 1993 that Iowa State had four turnovers in a conference game and won. Crazy. So you just that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and shout out to Chris, Chris Andringa yep. for pulling that one. That and what the, a wild. And in '93, the the game that Iowa State won was against a ranked K State team at Jack Trice Stadium. Perhaps more famously known Streaker. because of the streak. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like eight degrees out. <laughs> Ryan, this guy. Ryan from Mississippi River yeah. uh, tweeted about that. Or just speaking of that, uh, we're yeah, Cody Road. both drinking Cody Road. Cheers. Cheers to that. Clones, yep. clones win. Five and one. Hold on, let me do the clank and the. There, there you go. go. I have a, I'm drinking out of a Yeti tumbler. That's why it sounded like that. Um, but, anyways, yeah, I, I was. I was super, like, sick to my stomach. I, but I had a weird calm about me at halftime, though. I, yeah. I felt like I didn't feel like that game was over. But when I started to get sick to my stomach was right at the end, though. Because I'm like, damn it. take two plays. Like, we're a lot better than these guys. And that fourth and six. And, like, you know, think about, like, all the games that Iowa State's lost like that. Even the Iowa game. Last year comes to it came to my mind Stanley yeah. completing that like third and twenty two or whatever like yep. just so many of those like plays that you, you just are they're fifty fifty plays real in reality and you just kind of have to take your hat off to the guy who completes it and I was real I didn't want this Big Twelve season to end on because it would have ended had they lost oh, that for sure game yeah you're night. you're pretty much dead yeah. then I mean there's there's there, it'd be tough to get out of I mean. It You're was different. I mean, you could you could still you probably could have still gotten in if you run the table. If you run the table, but yeah. this gives you it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility. We need Texas to lose. You, you need a Texas loss, and that means Iowa State. If Iowa State beats Texas, it's a greater than. Uh, well, again, assuming you get then either K State or West Virginia, one of the two. But I, I would say. You know, it's really going to come down to that Texas game. I mean, that is setting up to be, we talked about last week, and nothing nothing changed in the scoreboard in the Big 12 on Saturday. Uh, beat Texas the Friday after Thanksgiving, and you're most likely going to be in Arlington. So, and if you don't, you're going to need some help somewhere. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's right. it, it would have been nice if K-State would have held on yeah. uh, yesterday, but they didn't. It, so I think that's kind of that's kind of fitting, though, right? You're going to have to win a big-time game on the road against Tom Herman. Boy, we nailed the... Man. Uh, we nailed the uh, Kansas State grinding out. <laughs> yeah, they did. They both, we both said, hold on. if you guys didn't hear it on our <laughs> on our Thursday night radio show, um, we, t- we talked about... Um, how we both thought that Oklahoma State would basically kill. You know, we we both thought that they would kill Kansas State, but we also thought that Kansas State would just junk it up. And, yep, and that's what they them. did. Yep, and they did, and it was a disgusting display of football. They and I, so I again, one of the things about me being home on game day, I'm just watching all, all the things. games. Yeah, and it, and it came to me that they are a better version of Northwestern in the big 10. Like I was watching them in Nebraska and I, and I watched Northwestern Iowa last week. I did not watch it, but like any year that I watched that Northwestern's like in the, the big 10 West, like they're not good, but they're just, they don't screw themselves and they'll get like a special teams so touchdown. Takes one sometimes. Yeah. And that K state had no business being in that football game. I'm terrified about that game in a couple of weeks. Which is something I wanted to reference today. You know, why? how is Iowa State 5-1 and one here? And if you think about what has changed, look at Iowa State in these competitive games. They've won pretty much all of them. You know, you could say the Oklahoma State game was a loss, but I don't think Iowa State was really in that position. I mean, they got a late score to cut it to three, need the onside kick. But if you look at the TCU game, Mm-hmm. You get the Rose interception on that deflected ball. Yep. yep. Um, and put that. And that was that was competitive late. Oklahoma with Aishim Young when Baylor when Oklahoma's driving late. God, he's good. He is super good. And then this one with Rose. And so you get these one score games. You need to make a play. Years past, like that Iowa game last yeah, year, you're not making. The they're play. not making the play this year. They have. Think about how many dropped interceptions were on that team a year ago. And and this year it seems like they're making those plays. Mm-hmm. Even the Tavon Kyle play. Oh, it's big you know, time. In the, if you let that thing get away. From from you and it's yeah. 21 nothing then good luck uh yeah. but but plays like that Iowa State is making this year and it's been it's been critical because you can't play perfect football and it was illustrated yesterday four turnovers and you still win a big 12 game I know it's Baylor and it wasn't pretty but you still got it done and that's how you keep these these championship seasons potentially alive uh, I want to give a shout out to our super patrons of the week Oh, dear friends, I married this couple. This is the second couple uh, that I've married that are super patrons. And are they still together? They are still together. Funny thing that these two met uh, because of uh, the KXNO radio show. Ah, Sean Jankowski, my old uh, producer who I miss dearly, but he's still a good friend, and his wife, Micah. Great people. Uh, Yeah, they're both lifelong Cyclone fans. Uh, Their moms are Iowa State alumni. Sean grew up over on the eastern side of the state, uh, and he always told me about how tough it was to be an Iowa State fan over there. Micah grew up right near Ames, and she recalls going to games and Cyclones events over the years. They've they've been together now four and a half years. Wow. Married for two and a half. And the Cyclones are one of only two teams that they have in common. The others, they're big Iowa Wild fans. These two have season tickets. They go to the Iowa Wild. They love it. They eat it up like they're like Jenks. Would always, I'd be like, hey, Jenks, you want to go? Nope. Wild Can I go game. to the wild game? Wild game tonight. Are they having those seasons? 
It's a great question. I don't think the what's the, the Bucks the, are the Bucks are playing. Yeah, the Wolves probably aren't. I don't know. Man, I don't. Know. I don't think I, the Wild are either I, right I, now. I don't think that anything's been decided. Right. Uh, but they became season ticket holders in 2019 at Iowa State. And they they passed this year like a little people like a lot of people did, but they're looking forward to getting back at it next year. So always good to see them on the uh, Zoom calls. Yeah, they friendly, actually friendly faces. They actually uh, they noted that here that that is their favorite part of being super patrons. The Zoom meetings, uh, you know, Sage and Coach Prom was on with us a couple weeks ago, which was awesome. So we really uh, appreciate everything uh, that they've done for us. Micah and Sean Jankowski, your super patrons of the week. Uh, we'll get back to football here momentarily, but Brent and I uh, both found it to be very appropriate to a little bit of a, a tribute here on tonight's podcast where, uh, unfortunately, Brent, we, we both lost um, a guy who's been just phenomenal to us over the years, and, and Cyclone Nation lost an absolute legend. Uh, this week, and that is the the great Rich Fellingham, the longtime play-by-play voice of Iowa State women's basketball, and he is, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah, and yeah. Um, laid Rich to rest today on Sunday, and he, uh, I know that you, so you really got your start with Rich. Because I remember when you worked at KMA with me, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to Manhattan to do color for yeah. women's basketball. So he was great to you. And then I had a chance to be his color man one season and then uh, yep. done a, bunch, about a couple dozen games with him probably. Just a phenomenal human being. It's uh, It was just a, it's a tough loss. I mean, Rich would always say, trivia question for everybody, who was the play-by-play voice of Iowa State women's basketball before me? And he'd wait and go, nobody. Yeah, he, I mean, he started. He started it. Yeah. He was the he was at KASI, which is the Ames radio station, and it was basically like let's get these games on the air. And so he got the sponsors himself. He basically did everything, and he did seven years worth of Iowa State women's basketball before Fenley even showed up. Which is really you, incredible. Those were some bad years. Yeah, but he did it because he just loved Iowa State, and they he thought they needed some representation. So my history. You know, I got approached uh, when I was a senior at Iowa State. They needed somebody to, to help on the radio broadcast because they kind of had a revolving door in the analyst position. I was like, and, and when I grew up, I grew up listening to not only Pete Taylor, but Rich as well. Yeah. I mean, those women's teams, you know, 97, 98, 99, um, those were some of my favorite teams. You know, Stacy Freeze, Angie Welly, Megan Taylor, and really you know, legendary the, yeah, teams. Yeah. And the radio nerd I was, yeah. I listened to Rich. Yeah. I mean, those games weren't on TV very much either. And so when I got the chance to work with him, like I mean, it was it was awesome. So that that senior year, I did the Big Twelve tournament with him. They asked me to go to the NCAA tournament in Minneapolis. That was uh, Lindsey Metter's uh, senior <sighs> yeah, season. So what a it was fun team. It was a, just a complete blast and. I mean, so I, this is this icon to me. Rich treated me like I was, you know, a 20-year veteran. Yeah. He expected me to be of, prompt and yeah, on time yeah. and prepared. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, yeah. he gave you – I'm a 22-year-old, 21-year-old kid, and he's he's treating me like I'm, you know, Stan Van, Van Gundy as, in, as his analyst. And he was – that's the way he was. He trusted yeah. you, but you had to do, be professional. I, I loved um, – <laughs> I have so many – uh, great stories of being with Rich on the road. Uh, one, the guy was prepared. 
one pops out to me. So it was he had already retired. I, I believe it was last year, actually, in uh, Morgantown. I'm almost positive it was last year. Him and his wife came, and uh, it just on a they just it's went on the trip, trip with okay. with the team, which uh, you know the, the the program will have friends of the program hop on the plane when they have some extra seats. It's common, and I. Rich was, you know, kind of hanging out with me as I was setting up during shoot around and he didn't particularly like the way I was doing it. So he just basically did it for me. <laughs> I, I was like, it. you know what, Rich, just take it, buddy. Like, you, you've forgotten more about this than, than I'm ever going to know. Right. And then I, the one that means the most to me, and, and there was that picture that you posted on Twitter. Yeah. It was the first game that Rich, after his retirement, and you and I did pretty much all the games that year. Yep. Not necessarily together. This is the but, Carlton senior year. Yes. Yep. And um, he showed up, I don't know, two hours prior Before. to tip or yeah. whatever to make sure that we needed, had everything that we needed. And he basically just like sat behind us yep. the whole game and just was there if we needed him. Yep. And it, it meant a lot to us. And I'm glad we got that picture. Same. I'll cherish that yeah, one. Yeah, I think I'm going to put that for, one in a in a frame for no question. And it's just he, uh, you know, my favorite things is he was so prepared and and to the point of paranoia about the equipment. Oh yeah. So so we yeah. would we would he uh, did not trust he that did equipment. Not trust it. So you know I, me like we, I'm like, do we really need the backup? Yeah. I mean, the line hasn't dropped. Oh, you yeah, got to have the backup. But had to be there. You know, two and a half hours before the game, just yeah. in case. Always got it. Always got to test and recheck it, but. Uh, really taught me, you know, the importance of developing a relationship with the coaching staff and mm-hmm. the players. And mm-hmm. those players love the guy. I mean, here's a guy who's yeah. 40 years older than they were, but he treated them like they were his own. And and then his relationship with Bill, it, Bill talked about this week, where Rich was basically his psychologist during those early years because it was an all-women uh, staff that Bill hired. And so a lot of times when he would have rough and Bill, Bill gets emotional. Yeah. Uh, oh, when yeah. Bill would be having a tough night, they say, Rich, go talk to him. And so Rich would. And, um, but the, the Friday or the, you know, the nights before a road game, he'd always have his uh, glass of wine, his glass of wine or his <laughs> screwdriver. Yeah. And I thought it was fitting in his uh, obituary. Yeah. They said, uh, Rich loved his screwdrivers and his, in his tall glasses of wine. So, um, every time I see one of those, I'll, I'll, I'll think of Rich and, and, and he was also, you know, he was a really good broadcaster too, and I think mm-hmm. you know putting together some of some highlights of of Rich, and uh, you forget some of the special moments he called, and it's just it's tough. It was a hard week. Uh, Brent put this together. Uh, we wanted to play it. Uh, all this audio obviously is is from Learfield. Um, here's just some of some of the best uh, Rich Fellingham calls that we'll play here tonight on the podcast. He deals. Here come the Sooners. Two seconds. Hardeman shot is in and out. No good. Running jumper is up. It's good. It's good. Iowa State up by one with two-tenths of a second to go. Two-tenths of a second. There is no way for Texas Tech. Wow. And Nedovich misses a layup. Rebound controlled by Iowa State. Six seconds to go. Down the right side. Ann O'Neill left side. The Metters three-pointer is up. It's good. Metters hits the three-pointer. And Iowa State. 
State's going to win it. 64-62. There's a tenth of a second on the clock. One tenth of a second. We're going to end this. And you're going to say goodbye to people in your own way. And whatever you want to say, say it. Because I love you. Uh, you're the most amazing person I've ever been around. And no one, no one did more for our program than Rich Bellingham. And I can never, ever, 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 ever thank you enough for that. So say goodbye to your fans, baby. Love you, Richie. All right. Thank you, Go Bill. Cyclones. Thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. And uh, fans, for one last time, I say so long to the Big 12 tournament. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's the most rich sign-off ever, too. Just uh, yep, that's amazing it. guy. Uh, yep. I'm just signing off I'm, like I normally do. I'm I'm good for it, but... Uh, no, good job on that. Yeah, it's just... It's a, a guy that... You know, there's obviously Pete Taylor and John Walters, but I think Rich Fellingham belongs right in that same conversation for I all he did. I completely agree. We'll miss you, buddy. But he'll... Uh... <laughs> I, I, I for for some reason it just came. So he also did the Cyclone Game Day show. He did, yep. So for, he did for however for many a long years. time, and he actually he was the producer for the football broadcast. What I do now for uh, fifteen twenty years as well. Oh really? So, yeah, he was. He sat in my seat for uh, Pete Taylor back in the eighties and nineties. Well, he. So we always handed off our mics. So our Cyclone Fanatic show was three hours before kick and then we I would always hand off my microphone to him and I would sign off on the Cyclone Fanatic show and call him the the legendary Rich Fellingham yep. and every time he he would just make like this is keep in mind a lot during the not so great years of Iowa State football <laughs> how bad's it going to be today Chris <laughs> <laughs> he had this rywood absolutely and even but, to the end I mean Rich yeah, had been ill for a, for a while guy. but um Every time I'd, you talked to him, he would he would check in. Always had a smile on his face, and he 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 came to every single game he could. And you know, to Alice and his family, um, uh, prayers with you guys. Yeah. And uh, Cyclone Nation won't be the same. Special guy. All right. Um, with that, uh, thank a couple of our sponsors, and I know Rich would appreciate that because he was all about getting the sponsors. That's thing. right. Get those <laughs> get those readers in there. Uh, <laughs> GravitateCoworking.com. I want you guys to go and check it out. And this, this as this pandemic rages on, I want you guys to think about the, I, I I say this every week. They have a really cool catchphrase on their website. It's called Find Your Productive Happy Place. Hmm. I need that. My productivity is starting to lack here in this office because I never get out of it. It's, this is like my little dungeon here. And um, I, I would encourage you guys to check out GravitateCoworking.com, downtown Des Moines, and um, Valley Junction. There's a spot, and now Gravitate Coworking in Jefferson. And uh, they've got everything you need, except you don't have to own an office space. You don't have to take that risk. You don't have to lease anything. You're just paying them a monthly fee for internet, printers, a, you know, a desk, whatever you need, gravitatecoworking.com. And uh, we encourage you, they, they've, they're they open and they've got all the safety precautions. I know COVID's rampant right now. That it is. But they're, they take it very seriously and uh, I'd highly suggest you guys uh, check them out today. Franklin Barbershop as well. 
they they take the COVID very seriously. Uh, I've never felt under any sort of um, I don't know. Um, I never feared for my safety at all when Agreed. I go in there. Yep. I think a lot of people bloom. They think you go into these like spot places. It's not a spot. It's a barbershop, but you know what I mean? And it seems somewhat dangerous, but they, they actually um, have a sign when you walk in that says, stop sanitize with a picture of MC, MC Hammer, Hammer yeah. which kind of catches the vibe when you walk into the Franklin barbershop. Yeah. Take it seriously. And I need to go there this week. I yeah. Think. yeah, you do. A little raggedy. Cleaned, cleaned up a little bit. Uh, Franklinbarbershop.com. And you can book your appointments right there online. Great supporters of everything we do. Here at Psych One Fanatic and the Psych One Fanatic Podcast Network. All right, Bloom. Uh, Brees Hall continues to. Wasn't turn. that a hard hat type of game? Career high yeah. carries. Man, it was. Uh, it was quite the deal. So he is the only running back in the country uh, over a thousand yards now, uh, second nationally in touchdowns, and he's averaging six point three yards per carry, which <laughs> is insane. Um, to, for reference, because I'm all about for reference here. Troy averaged, I think, five point seven, five point eight yards per carry in his years at Iowa State. So I, and again, I thought you guys had a really good conversation about this on the reaction show last night. Mm-hmm. Is like this is not a LeBron versus Jordan situation. <laughs> it's starting to bother me. with Troy and Breeze. Uh, I I agree. They're it's totally, starting to drive me crazy. It is, and he's not going to put up anywhere near the numbers because. <laughs> It's a weird season, but you got to start recognizing what Brees is doing relative to the rest of college football. Okay. Not to put any pressure on you because I know you're like me and you have no free time. Maybe this would be a bloom column at some point. I could probably pull that off this week. I just feel like that. Is it time? Is it, well, it's, is it, should, yeah, okay, it's time, I think. Yeah. And like I keep getting hit with this. Like, is he better than Troy? Now, I don't think most people asking me that are guys from your era who, mm-hmm. you know, were at those games. I, I think it's, but my point is, and I really feel, and we talked with Dan McCarney about this. We've talked with Eric Heft about this. By the way, we need to do another Legends podcast. I think we know who we want to get on. Yes. We've already talked about it. Um, I'm sensing a, a great curiosity from the younger members of Iowa State's fan base about yeah. a lot of these guys. And I love it. It's, yeah. and what That's I'm, what it's about. I guys, like, I didn't get on board until like 2002. That was the first year I actively followed Iowa State football because I grew up an Iowa fan. Like I've yeah. watched it until a couple of years ago. I'd probably been to more games in Kinnick than I had Jack Trice. Now Kinnick, I go there and people throw Milwaukee's best cans at me. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. They've <laughs> connected a couple of times. It's not a pleasant place for me to go. Um, but my point being, like, um, I, I'm not the guy to ask about the Troy Davis legacy. You sure. are. So I, I think that people really – I don't want this to be a LeBron Jordan thing because I think that's an impossible conversation to have. Well, it's the same thing. It's it's a different – I mean, it, it actually matches up fairly well, right? Jordan's yeah. peak was yeah. 92 to 96. 98, yeah. 98. Um, There's a retirement in there. Troy was 95 and 96, and now here we are with Brees. I, I might whip that out. Yeah, I think I'll do that this week. Actually, if there's a week, it's a if there's a column to be written by Bloom. It's been a while. We always joke. I got to make sure my computer still works for the column writing. We always joke back when Adam Gray was doing (laughs) sales here. Uh, 
true. I hate right. I'm not disputing this. I, I love Gray too, by the way. I miss him. Um, we always joked that the only time Bloom would write is after an Iowa State win. He will still text me occasionally. Hey, yeah. Iowa State won today. You going to write something? <laughs> Anytime Iowa State would lose, Bloom's he's, just like, oh, I'm best. busy this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, which none of you guys listening probably get it, but like you should see my mentions on Twitter after a win, like a big win compared to after a bad loss. Not it, fun. Like, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Some of the things, like, <laughs> yeah. people that you think, like, well, it's for are your friends. Yeah. Like, it's stuff that they'll fault. say to you. Yeah, it's like, it's awful. I had a guy tweet at me after the, um, it was after the Oklahoma State game. He's like, you know, you know what, Williams? You had said that the team would be ready to play today. <laughs> and I thought that you would be right. And I put my faith in you. And you were wrong. It's like, <laughs> well, one, like. Were they not? Were they really not ready? They took to, the lead in that game. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, but but two, like, are you putting? Like, I'm I'm doing my best here. I'm not. I'm never going to lie to you guys. But my God, you know, right, what, you were, were you getting some just, stuff in the first half? No, because I I really am not tweeting much during games okay. anymore. Like, I no, I was sure that the the natives are probably restless. They were they, restless at Jack Trice. Oh, there so were there were interception. A lot of people calling for Deckers. Seriously, swear to God. Hmm. Well. That's ridiculous, by the way. That is, it, 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 if you do that, you need to go take a long, hard look in the take mirror. A, take a walk. Yes. For a while. Maybe the Deckers kid will end up being like could a be Heisman Trophy winner for Iowa State. Good. I hope so. But I throw a nice Purdy, ball. Brock Purdy's the, uh, dare I say, the greatest liked, quarterback uh, in the history th- of Iowa State I football. I thought Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, man, he was phenomenal night. last night. <laughs> That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. What do you say? Give me that. Give me that Purdy hate. <laughs> it's like that's good. Uh, Tyree's going to be a, a multimillionaire here in about two weeks. Ten what are you days? hearing about that? Ten days. We got He's, the I, bloom. Are we going to have a bloom draft? Yeah. Columns? No, I need to because I mean it's, it's it, but it's in football season. That's okay. That's it. Doesn't matter. It's my favorite night of the year. Um, Tyrese is looking. He's not getting past eight, in my opinion. He could go as high as two. What about my Bulls? They won't take him because they, they might. Get, they like know. him. They like him a lot. Now it's it's. But a, they got the kid from North Carolina last but year. But he's more of a off guard. I mean, they have not. The Bulls are a little bit of a mess in the backcourt because both Levine and Kobe White are both kind of off guards. So you slide in Tyrese, who can. The Bulls just need to like hit on some guys, and everything I've read by the experts, Tyrese is like one of the most can't miss guys in recent he's memory. He's the safe pick. This, yeah, this he's, a, he's completely yeah. the safe pick this time, and because there's a lot of wild cards, it's like you don't know what the ball kid is going to be. The probably the the num the consensus top pick is Edwards from Georgia, who was very average. I mean, he put up some numbers at Georgia, but they didn't win. Who's Golden State going to take? Well, and that's the that's the question. The thought here for Golden State, which I think this could be ideal, is they they really like Tyrese. But two is probably too high for Tyrese. So that's why I said he could go as high as two if Golden State takes it. They now, could try and trade down, though, so and the, uh, take him at like six or seven. Yeah, and the reason I said that is... Oh, this gets me fired up, man. I have pretty good sources inside of basketball. You do? And it's been going around, Bloom, for damn near a year and a half that... Golden State and San Antonio were in love with him. Yeah. Both of those franchises. Yep. 
He's not getting San Antonio, I don't think, unless they trade up. No, but but they were the one who, um, after his freshman year, I was getting intel that if he went pro, they would have taken him in the first round. So most of these guys, how it works is they have some sort of a guarantee, or at least yeah. like a verbal guarantee. Yeah. Like Taylor knew the Lakers like, were going to because grab him. the Rich Paul connection. Like he wasn't getting past that spot. Yeah. And he's going to be a really nice player, by the way. Well, he came on. He, he, I thought he played he really, played very well in his limited minutes. What I was hearing at the it was at the end of his freshman year was that if he went pro, he would have been taken. I think they had like the twenty six pick that year because right? I remember that yep. being like a realistic thing. Uh, obviously, he didn't, and it it was coming around like early last year that Golden State and Kerr are in love with him. Yep, based I, off of the rest of that roster. It's just the problem here is it'd be a little risky to take him at two. Like that's yeah, I don't because honestly we've seen Tyrese. Tyrese, Tyrese is going to be a twelve year pro. I don't see Tyrese as ever being your number one or number two guy on a championship team. I think he's a starter, potentially. But you're so it's just kind of you you try that whole upside thing with a Wiseman who's that seven footer from Memphis or Edwards or, or one of those foreign kids. But long story short, I think Tyrese will probably go somewhere in the five to nine region and uh he'll make a lot of money and I'm happy for that guy. Pretty cool story. So the draft is the eighteenth. Which is what? a Wednesday. So is that like the Wednesday of Thanksgiving? Uh, it's the week before. Are we so like technically basketball would have started this weekend, right? In a normal year? Yeah, it would have started about two weeks ago. Oh, you mean college basketball? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it'd be this week. Because it's all I, I go by NASCAR. It, it's always the same weekend as yep. the NASCAR. It's usually the t- I think finale. they were scheduled for the eleventh was going to be the first day. So that would have been Tuesday. Or Wednesday. And we still don't have a non-conference schedule. Not not public yet. I have a pretty good idea when it'll start, but it's not public completely yet. It'll be the end of the month when it'll start. <sighs> Crazy. I, I Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that's changed. So I haven't heard anything in the last couple of weeks, but. I, I'm terrified about the basketball season. It is I locked just... in that Iowa State is going to go on the road to Iowa. So that's that's known. And Iowa State will play DePaul, which is also known, and uh, <laughs> Mississippi State. This is off topic. Um, let's go back to college football, okay. shall we? The did you get home in time to watch the end of the Notre Dame Clemson game? No, I, I watched. I watched the end up in the booth. <laughs> then the, the storm, the storming of the sorry, field. It's, it's not funny. COVID's it, very serious. I'm dealing with it in my own family very immediately right now. I and I have had it like. You've had family members. It's yep. not. Yep. It's no joking matter. The who who just sent this? Uh, the president, <laughs> the president of Notre Dame, just sent out a letter to the student body <laughs> as we record this. Okay. Which I think it's like the president of Notre Dame isn't he the guy that was the like super spreader event at the White House? Yes, same guy. <laughs> like, Good who the point. Hell is, yeah. Well, I don't know if he's the president or was he a dean well, or something. I don't know, but who the hell does this guy have to to say anything? <laughs> right. You you know you're gallivanting around with your rich friends. Uh, these kids are just uh, reacting to these a college guys football game. PR. Um, he, 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 this is more than a hand slap, though. I'm, uh, what do you th- say? He's got three main I've points. Got some thoughts here okay. to this letter. He goes okay. one because we are now even more concerned about the potential for contagion 
in your home communities as you prepare to travel home. That's fair. At the end of the semester, the university will place a registration hold. Oh. On any record of any student who fails to appear for testing when asked to do so. A registration hold would mean that you are unable to That's pretty matriculate this. or register for classes next semester or even receive a transcript. That's some authoritarian stuff right hold, there. No, it gets better. Just wait. Okay. I've got some thoughts. This is a change from an earlier communication from yada, 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 people you don't know, stated, for those who have failed to appear would lose priority status from uh, status from registration. Two, furthermore, this is where it gets great. You may not leave the South Bend area until you receive the results for your exit test. Again, should we discover that you have left the area, we will place a registration hold on your record. That's not going to go over well. It might <laughs> they can't do that. But they're so a private school. I guess like, maybe hey, they can. I don't know. You're stuck here. Whew. If you assholes want to charge the field, <laughs> we're we're you going think it's all coming from that. <laughs> I mean, just the bad look. They're getting some heat. Does we it reference like, does it reference the football game at all in that? Yeah. Well, I mean I I just I just read you the the main points of yeah. this that I thought would be well. There's there's no doubt that the cases are going up across the entire nation. I will say that at least with that age range. So Iowa State, for example, it's going up at Iowa State too. By the way, okay? it's going up every. So you know, Iowa State had some success there. Would drop from my daughter's back on a hybrid yep. after today. But so the campus, it's gone up almost double in the last 10 days, which is not great. However, Iowa State, knock on this, has not had a single hospitalization of a student. Okay? So that's good. That's I think we, we can call that a good thing. Yeah. Um, but the, it makes a good point there. As we start to go back, so Iowa State's in a similar position where these the semester's over in two weeks, and then you start going back home. That's where it gets you know, kind of a gray area of, of, of how strict you want to be, but that's that's pretty uh that's a heavy hammer. It isn't isn't that the story of the bye week? A hundred percent. I am scared to death. Like as high as case numbers are right now and as good as Iowa State has done. Another isn't that perfect sc- another perfect week on the player side last week. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, yeah, I thought Mike Rose was really good after the he, game last night when he didn't even want to talk about the win. He was just like, man, we got to stay in our bubble. Stay in our bubble. But it can derail the whole thing. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's in it, the way it's and, – and and we've been open here. Like, and you've been – you are dead on about the basketball season. I am really struggling to see how this is going to work. For Why are they not just doing conference only? And then do a – I loved what the ACC coaches said and then do a – Complete NCAA tournament. tournament. I mean, maybe that's the route to go, but it's just there's so many factors here that it can derail it. I'm I am ecstatic we've gotten to this point uh, in the season. Obviously, it's played seven games, which is crazy without any, yeah. any interruption. But all it takes is a couple, and then it can get out of control. And so this is a big week. It's there's no game, but it's a big week in the standpoint of staying disciplined and staying in your bubble. And obviously, it's got good leadership. But we've seen it 
in every single level of sports and in just in public life. Like I, I know for a fact, John Walters was one of the most disciplined guys when it comes to the mask situation. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that I've ever met. Yeah. And so I think he's an example of it can, you know, you, you, you can't plan for all this stuff. And so it's kind of hold on and wait and see and, and hope for the best here. This, this bye week <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still just like this Notre Dame thing's really getting to me. They're literally leave. Yeah, they're locking their students in South. So does every student because of like the ones who stormed the field? I don't think is that even legal. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I, I, can, can you tell somebody you can't leave campus? Hey, you. I don't care if you got an A on all those or, tests. You stormed the field against Clemson. Wow. What a world. And yet it feels completely normal. There's nothing normal about right now. No, but I'm saying like, like it, every, the abnormal is normal. And then you, you factor in like the election stuff on top of everything with the pandemic. I have to tell you, okay, this inside joke, but we're, this is the podcast. You sent me a text in the middle of the broadcast. Oh, yeah. Fake. Yeah. Very, very fake. You can just tell everybody. I didn't click on it. <laughs> No, tell me. So, so t- explain it because you I could tell everybody what so I. So Chris yeah. sends me a text. I was just trying to get you to lighten you up. Were like, it, no, was it was right like, before kickoff. Yep. I was trying to get you to laugh. It was. It was a text about because I'm a good friend. Yep. It was. It was well done. <laughs> but it was something about, uh, and it was believable somehow that the, that the vice pre- or the president was going to resign and Vice President Pence would take over at midnight. At midnight, he was going to be sworn in. Sworn in. And so I didn't click the I didn't click the link, which apparently had a very graphic image attached to it. <laughs> I did not click that, thankfully. But I decided to let uh, my fellow broadcast partners know because I thought this was breaking news. <laughs> and so I've got I've got Hefton runs feverishly checking their sources, and they're like, I, I, I swear to serious? God, I I swear to God, this happened. <laughs> And then they're like, they're like, blew me. I'm, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing. It. I'm like, well, it's. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. Chris got me. And then I clicked it. <laughs> so well done. Point for Williams. What is it with you and your I wife? Was very because vulnerable. Some, I was. Because, I thought you were. I thought you were trying to really. That's hilarious. Share some news for me here. Because your wife was here too, and she. I was downstairs. It fi- looked very believable. Well. You know, I was getting them ribs ready that I had made. Because you, you even referenced Reuters. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you had to make it believable. <laughs> and your wife responded like, oh, my God, that's not surprising at all. And, like, n- neither of you clicked the link. You just took my word for it. <laughs> but the whole point was to get you to the click the link. And I did after the fact. And so that was a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I could imagine bronze. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, kudos to you. I was just trying to lighten the mood. Yeah, it did. It worked. Before you but then I thought about it and you had that uh that camera on you, the Cyclones TV camera. <laughs> it would have been a real shame if that would have shown up on camera. Good point. Oh man. The power of uh, memes and text messages, let me tell you. I did a little research. Uh, the guy who sent out that letter to the Notre is the guy who was at that White House. 
super spreader uh, event. What this this year, man? <laughs> hey, real quick. Yeah, I um, just because I I want everybody to be nice to each other. It's this good, is this is thing. how because everybody just hates each other. I, it, <laughs> everybody hates each other, and I hate it. Um, I'm reading that book that I was telling you about about uh, Fareed Zakaria is a brilliant man, and he it's ten ten lessons for a post pandemic world. Okay, basically, and he gave a great statistic that I picked up on today, and this is why I just want everybody to take a deep breath and not hate everybody. So, basically, and I'm botching these numbers a little bit, but I'm in the ballpark. If you have, like, a bachelor's degree or higher, okay, you, there's, like, a, it was somewhere between, like, a 50 to 60% of us can work from home. Sounds about right. So, the pandemic is way less impacting us than, for instance, somebody with a high school degree only. There's like, it was something like a 11% of them could work from home. Okay. If you don't have a high school degree, like 3% of them can work from home. And, and it was, it was fascinating to me because, you know, I just like, well, no wonder we're all have different attitudes about this COVID thing. You know, like, I I, I have where I'm from. You know, are are my buddies who work at factories back in Clorinda and the no, they're they just are getting laid off, right? You know, like they're right. just they're not able to do it. They can't or, work. Yeah, right. like in and, and they're not True. getting stimulus that's good, anymore. That's, like, that's a great point. So to them, like you know, it's terrifying the the lockdowns, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, they're and not I, worried as much about the virus. They're worried about they're worried about feed pain. Yeah, for their kids to be able to totally. Have clothes and like that. That so like I'm just saying, have sympathy. Don't be jerks to everybody. Yeah, I mean, what's the old adage? Just you gotta w- walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to look at it from your own standpoint. It's a natural thing to do, but yeah, I. And then it and it goes the other way too. Like my my friends at home, like we don't know what it's like to be a black man in an inner city. Like how in the hell could we ever know that? Never will. No. So just, just be nice to each other. That should be the way we sign off every week. Be nice to each other. Just to be nice. God, I just, I'm so tired of it, man. Like, I, and it's, I'm just so sick of it. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm so sick of it. Well, I don't think it's going to get any better in the short term. Not in the short term, hopefully in the long term, but I, I don't know. It, I watched that Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. It's still stuck in your head. Yeah, we're all screwed. <laughs> Not only are like we just all mean now, but like we're we're being brainwashed daily to hate each other. Yeah. Not enough people will come out of their echo chamber to listen. Well I hate it. Chris, like, the fact it. remains whether just people, be nice to each other. People hate each other or not. Can't dispute the fact that Iowa State's leading the Big Twelve Conference. Got a bye week to get primed for Courtney Messingham's return to Jack. <laughs> That's Christ right. Stadium. That's right. I. By the way, it, guy who everybody. Some about the the guys who get the biggest vitriol in 
Ames are like my buddies. I love Mess. Good and I guy. love Greg McDermott. Those are my dudes, man. Like Courtney Messingham of the very nice 16, man. 17 years you and me have been doing this is one of the top dudes ever. God, he was great. I'm I so first, happy. That is for his him. first return trip, then, isn't it? I yeah, because so. this is climbing second year. Wow. Man, that game's terrifying, honestly. You're damn right it's, it's terrifying. It's a terrifying game. <laughs> I Although, don't even want to think about it. It won't. Okay. Iowa State will be what? A 10 point favor in that game? And guess the line two weeks early? I'm saying 10. I mean, if, if it's Howard, again, they can't throw. Yeah, no, I mean, I could pull up some power rankings right now, and but yeah, I would think so. 10, 10 to 12. If Oklahoma, I would say it's closer to 12. So If Oklahoma State was a 12 and a half point favorite in Manhattan. Right. Iowa State and Oklahoma State are basically the same from a power ranking standpoint. Yeah, I mean, they're almost they're identical, identical profiles. So, it and again... That game and the whole scheme isn't as important, potentially, as the Texas game right now, just based on tiebreakers. It, Let me give you the complete scope, right? All right. If it's a four-way tie, which it looks like it's, it could trend that way if all the pieces come together. Oklahoma's not losing. Oklahoma's not going to lose. So they're going to be at seven. And, and they're going to beat Oklahoma State. And they're going to beat Oklahoma State, who probably won't lose other than against Oklahoma. Right? So they have, they have uh, Baylor. Could be tricky. And they have... By the way, I'd rather play Baylor when Iowa State got them than the last week of the year. Does Oklahoma State play West Virginia, though? That's kind of a... No, they already played. They played the first week of the season. That's right. That's right. So who does Oklahoma State... Who's that? Who's their other guy? Let's, let's break this down. Let's break, and then we'll, then we'll call it a night. Who does Oklahoma State have other than Oklahoma? Tech? Texas Tech. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. So they, they got Tech on Thanksgiving weekend. So Oklahoma State seven and two. I need a little more Cody Road. Texas and Iowa State are the other two here in the conversation. I guess K State as well, but we're we're giving K State now. I'm giving K State two more losses. Losses to Iowa State. Oh, old Elk. There you go. And a loss to um, somebody else. Doesn't matter. Once you're at three losses, you're out. So, if it's a four-way tie, let's say Iowa State loses in Austin, unfortunately, because of the tiebreak, Oklahoma and Texas play for the Big 12 championship in that tiebreak. We don't want that. That's why Iowa State needs to beat Texas. Like, we really need okay, Texas to lose. We need Texas to lose. Yeah, they, and they were on the ropes against West Virginia. Could have got And Oklahoma and State. And Oklahoma State. Both of them. Herman. I, I'm writing this. I almost put it in my three up, three down column, but I'm I'm holding it off for Thursday. But even when they win, they're unimpressive. Mm-hmm. They are just the most. I, I can't put my finger on it, and I'm a Herman guy. Everybody that's, knows I like Tom. That's why it's gonna be. Uh, they are not impressive football team. It's gonna be extremely sweet because that game's gonna be magnified to win that game in Austin the Friday yeah. after Thanksgiving. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. I want Herman's ass, like <laughs> you said so that bad. <laughs> I want Iowa State to kick his ass. It would be and for what it's if Tom was sitting polite. right here, I would yeah, say it and I would rub it in his face. Yeah. I want Iowa State to kick his ass. There'd be a lot of uh, a poetic story if if that was the one that put Iowa State over the top. Mm. I'm Man. For it. Yeah. You want to make that trip? You want to come down to Austin? Well, yeah, I kind of do, but it's... Uh, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving, though. It's tricky. I know. 
I, I, I thought about taking a land jet. Take a land jet. It's a long drive, though. Well, and, and a lot of those guys don't really want to be out on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving that's the problem. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a big game. Well, the K-State game is big, too. I, I went the last time we were down there, and, and it was a blast. It was like a damn yeah. bowl game. Yeah, felt like it. You didn't come out to 6th Street before. I didn't. I cause it, they, The team does not stay downtown, which is probably the they, wise move. They had a big like alumni event there. We mm-hmm. Murphy and I did our radio oh, shows right. and the news from there. And it was phenomenal. Like I, I met so many. I didn't realize how bustling the Austin Cyclone Club is. They're awesome. Yeah. Those guys are legit, man. And then my my buddy Reagan, uh, girl from Clorinda, yep. is a big part of it. Yep, she was down there, and I got big to hang out Reagan. with her and got yep. to got to see her, and I had a blast. That is a it's a phenomenal road trip to do the whole Bevo thing before. I, I met up with Jay Jordan and his sons, hang out with them a while. That's cool. I had a beer with Jeff uh, Jeff Johnson. It's I'm just saying that that what a night. This is setting up to be the perfect game to put Iowa State in the Big 12 championship is you, you you dethrone the big bad Texas because you want to earn it you want to earn it I totally agree like I'm not backdooring in this thing this yeah. year I'm, I'm beating Texas in Austin thank you very much that's then, what I want at this point and then we do the DX suck it sign that's on the right way out. on the way out see it Tom man I can't wait for that game and, then, and again K-State's still important but if you lose to K-State and beat Texas you're still in good position I would prefer Iowa State just win out and then win the whole day. Yeah, thing. I was going to say, why can't we just... Let's just win out. Why can't we just win I'm out? I'm for it. Yeah, I... I, I want Herman's ass. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to say that every week until then. <laughs> We've got... I can't wait till it gets back to him. When I said we're going to do the suck it sign on the way out, I thought, well, what better way to end this podcast than the D-Generation X theme song? I bet Herman was a fan. Chris Ash is on staff. Oh this my god. Yancey McKnight. Yancey McKnight. Isn't Rosie Majid on Oyster, Rosie Majid. Who, who does it's like, it's like the McCarney era <laughs> with the Rhodes era. It is. It's it's basically a bunch of Iowa State guys on that what These guys from Ohio are coming to Ames to beat the guys from Texas who are from Iowa. I love it. Let's do it. What, but my question is, who would be the guy to really, you know, do the, the do the taunting at the end? That would be my Skip. question. Skip. <laughs> Skip's going to do it. Yeah, I mean... I, I was thinking more of a player. Oh, okay. <laughs> who's th- who's going to be this guy? We got two words for you. Suck it! Um, who would it be? <sighs> I, I feel like the guys with the long hair. Yeah, Mike Derek Rose. Schweiger. Mike, yeah, Schwe- Mike Schweiger. Rose. Yeah. Uh, Joey Ramos definitely would have been his player. Yeah, Ramos would have been the guy. Uh, it would have been Rose, um, Rose. Rose probably would. Who's the fullback classy. a couple years ago who I loved? Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, Sion Buckner. See, see, yeah. He would have been the guy. Sam. You know who's the yeah. guy? It's it's Saner. 
Saner's the guy. Saner's I the think guy. Kohler's got a little, uh, little badass. Who's to the Tashi Carr who spikes the ball <laughs> on the Longhorn? <laughs> this game. Remember that great. game? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, one last story of that game. I've told it before on these. So Jared Holman was on that team, that Tashid Carr team, in 2005 that won in Austin. So that Iowa State did not win a conference road game from the 2001 to 2005, which when you're playing nine of them, eight of them, is really hard not to do for four yeah, years. That's it was like a 27-game losing streak. So, and Holman was a part of a lot of those. He was a senior in 05. That's the team that made the NCAA yeah. tournament. Lost to North Carolina in the second round, yep, I reckon. Yep. Uh, Holman carried on all these road games a bottle of champagne and busted it open in the Texas locker room because uh, it broke the road game skin. I remember that season so well. Like I, I can all those big wins. Kansas, Kansas was another. Didn't they one. win in Stillwater that year? I thought like I don't even. I don't remember. know if I don't know they. Um, no, they didn't. They won, so the big wins. You're right, Kansas. Texas, and then won a huge game at Colorado late. Yeah, kind of put them over to the. Over I, the I remember specifically where I was the Kansas, Texas, and Colorado games. Yep. I was at the. Yeah, yeah. I don't Start, it was started on five that year, made the tournament, but Holman, uh, Holman popped a bottle of champagne. He would have done the suck it. Holman, I, I I say it's it's the most lazy analysis I have at this point in my career. But every Iowa State team that doesn't quite live up to expectations. I'm always like, man, that team could have used a Jared Homan. <laughs> it needs a Homan and a Broman. Every team needs a Homan and a Broman. Oh, All right. Man. Good well, stuff, buddy. We'll, we'll finish tonight's with the D-Generation X, and maybe we can get a Cyclone suck it to Texas thing. we got to be Kansas State first. Appreciate it, Bloom. Good job last night, man. Hey, thanks, pal. Do a good job. Thank you. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Bye week. We'll have complete. um, We'll have all sorts of stuff for you. It's Cyclone Fanatic. Maybe we dip into a little basketball. Bloom and I are going to look into doing a new Legends podcast. We'll have a little. There's really no Big 12 games this weekend. They they don't matter. Yeah, so they they don't matter. Just take the week off. Have a Cody Road. Cheers. Later. What you got, it measures it out.